Welcome to Tech Ireland's Funding Review Edition 2019. I'm Niamh Bushnell, and this is my podcast discussion on the funding numbers with Brian Caulfield of Draper Esprit, who's also a board member here at Tech Ireland. A funding review deck accompanies this podcast and can be downloaded for free from our website, techireland.org. I hope you enjoy the discussion. So let's dive straight in. Um, Brian, the big number at the top of the page there uh, in terms of funding the Tech Ireland tract in 2018 is 930 million uh, based on funding for 224 companies. That's a big number when you look at it straight like that, right? Yeah, it's a big it's a big number and it looks on the face of it like a pretty rosy picture. But I think it's only really when you dive into the data that that, that you can really start to draw conclusions from it. And, you know, as we saw last year, we're also seeing this year that there are a number of very large rounds that are in that uh, that 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 total figure that tend to distort the picture a little bit so you know the, the the reality is that ireland is a relatively small market there are always going to be kind of one or two whales if you like that uh, that 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 will distort the overall picture absolutely <clears throat> and diving straight into that we have the next slide is the largest rounds and the totals in 2018 and there's some great companies in here. Then there's a couple of stories. Pick out a couple of the companies um, that you know that you know well, or that you're you want to to tell the audience about uh, some of these big rounds. Well, there's obviously some great companies in here, and I think there's a number of uh, both both interesting companies, but also interesting trends here. I mean, two to to pick out to to start with. Our AMCS and um, Forest. Uh, I think those those two transactions between them are one hundred and twenty million, uh, one hundred and twenty million euros. Yeah. Uh, I think what what you're not seeing here is that both of those transactions had a significant element of secondary in them. In other words, these transactions, if you like, represented uh, an exit for some shareholders in those uh, in those businesses, and perhaps a par- partial exit for some other shareholders. Um, which is a good, which is a healthy sign for the ecosystem, right? Uh, abs- absolutely. Actually, I think it's a very encouraging sign. I mean, what it shows is the the ambition of the founders of Forest and AMCS to continue to grow their businesses, to 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 build bigger businesses, uh, based in Ireland. You know, rather than exiting, um, you know, selling to a trade buyer and, and getting off the, the, the train. So I think that's that's actually an encouraging trend and something that hopefully we'll see more of, you know. Absolutely. Uh, the, the other the other good news about it is that where perhaps venture investors get liquidity in these types of transactions or angel investors get liquidity, you know, that's capital that's potentially recycled into the system, reinvesting in uh, in earlier stage uh, companies. 
it does perhaps distort the numbers slightly again because we don't have a clear picture for example of the 100 million that went into amcs you know how much of that was investment into the company that's going to help continue to grow the business and how much of that is uh, you know buying shares from existing investors yeah uh, we did a great podcast with ronan percival who's the ceo of forest in the summertime when this 20 million deal happened and he did explain it at length how it broke down and paid off as you say angel investors and hban investors who had been involved from very early on in the business but it also brought in new capital to uh to forest from Susquehanna um and patient capital any other thoughts on these yeah i think the the other thing that this slide does is highlight uh the 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 trend that we mentioned uh, a few minutes back that you know you've got three companies here who between them are 285 million of uh, of investment that represents you know almost a third of the total funding for the year and if you look at the top eight, uh, they together are about half of this kind of huge 930 million total. So, you know, you just you, you need to be careful about drawing too many conclusions from from this big headline number. Um, I think the other interesting one there is uh, is Neurotas. Um, Neurotas has raised 30 million. Uh, from the reports that I've seen, it looks like that's probably actually a debt facility from the European Investment Bank, uh, yes. potentially a working capital facility of some kind, rather than an equity investment. But nonetheless, it's uh, 30 million of uh, capital available to enable them to continue to grow the business. And that's obviously... Uh, uh, a, a good thing you know yeah and they you know they, they Nora Caldi obviously who's the the co-founder there a uh, very exciting female founder company doing really exciting work I mean they're they're actually in, in many chapters of the book you'll hear advisors talking about Neurotas but they also did large funding rounds last year so uh, you know they've been they've been expanding for quite a while now and hopefully they'll uh, they'll continue that way and we'll see them as one of the the large Irish companies up there with the Fexcos and Kerry groups one of these days you know one of the companies that kind of made it big and stayed big out of Ireland uh, Absolutely. I mean, it would be great to see, if you like, a, a true Irish tech multinational. Uh, DecaWave is a company that you've known for a long time. Are they one of those kind of, you know, overnight success stories at 10 years old? Yeah. In, in fact, DecaWave are an overnight success story at, at even more than 10 years old. And I know for sure that they raised capital as far back as 2007. Um, so, you know, my guess is that the company might well have been on the go for a couple of years even before that. So, you know, De TechWave is, is certainly 12 and maybe 15 years old. And I, I think this highlights something that's, uh, that's very, very important. You know, good companies take time to build. The, the kind of the companies that we hear about that sort of rocket to a valuation of a billion or two uh, in, you know, two or three years, 
they are extremely unusual and it's not what we should be expecting. We should be expecting that building these great companies takes 10 years, takes 12 years, takes 15 years. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why the, the shift in emphasis towards uh, more patient capital models is so important. Yeah, and even more so in Ireland where we are a B2B environment right i mean you know we don't do b to c uh as well uh in terms of the numbers of startups out there as in other countries so we we we're enterprise we're enterprise companies um that absolutely need to take their time and build up their client bases and scale over time they they don't shoot to the top like very few other companies do, but certainly the, the companies that rocket quickly to the top would tend to be more B2C companies, I would think. Tend, tend to be more B2C companies and tend to be companies that are, if you like, uh, marketing-led rather than tech-led. You know, the, 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 the reality of deep tech companies is that they generally require a very significant investment over a period of several years in their technology, even though they may be, you know, delivering an MVP to the market early, they need to continue to invest in the technology. Let's touch on female founder funding, even though we're going to do a whole kind of separate report on that um, and a podcast with Trish Scanlon. Uh, Brian, the high level numbers here in 2018, we are tracking 97.7 million uh, in funding for female founders for 47 companies. Um, that's a jump up from 83 last year, but obviously it's a, it's a percentage decrease, I believe, uh, from 13 last year, 13.5 uh, last year to 10% this year. Any, any high level thoughts on this particular discussion? I, I suppose I would have to say that this indicates that we haven't really made much progress, you know, being being absolutely honest. While the absolute number is up, as you mentioned, the percentage is down. And, and the other big factor here is that uh, Nora Caldi's 30 million EIB funding for, for Neuritas is in there. So that's kind of distorting the overall picture a little bit. Yep. It, it represents over 30% of the total figure. So yeah, as you know, does some money from Transfermate because Transfermate has a co-founder, Sinead Fitzmaurice. So absolutely. that's another chunk, maybe another almost third of it, actually. It's so actually, if you take those two together, that's more than half the total. Yeah, it, so, um, it is. So uh, it's obviously hugely encouraging to see companies like like Neurotas and Transformate that have female founders raising those big numbers but it kind of puts a gloss on the overall picture here I think. Agreed and next up we have uh, the disruptive tech so we kind of broke down uh, disruptive tech into uh, you know, AR, VR, semiconductors, IoT, payments, um, med tech, biotech. Brian, give us your thoughts on what's happening in funding 
in this. I mean, these are kind of indicative, I guess, and we've talked about this before, how hard it is to kind of put a company or a group of companies into a box of IoT or, uh, you know, big data when they could be across a bunch of these. The first thing is if you look at the amount of capital raised by AOR and VOR startups and also by blockchain startups, between them to the two they're barely over 20 million mm-hmm. um that's very very small relative let's say to the market hype around ARVR and uh, blockchain and so while these companies might be attracting an awful lot of media attention they're not attracting a huge amount of capital right now so that that's that's one uh, one trend yeah just, just i hear camille our advisor on ARVR's voice coming into my head going but we're not getting enough attention brian we're not getting enough media attention yes and that's why the funding is so low but i i hear both sides it's emerging it's hot but the rubber has to still hit the road yeah and i think the the other issue that you always face with an emerging technology is that uh, early on the end user use cases that are going to be successful are are not necessarily very clear so it's quite difficult for these companies at an early stage to really start to build revenues and that of course makes it difficult in turn to 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 attract investment you know yeah makes sense Um, the other kind of big trend here, I think, is the extent to which biotech and medical devices are taking a very, very big share of the overall investment pie now. And I mean, obviously, these are companies that typically do require significant upfront investment. Uh, there is no cheap and cheerful way to bring a new cancer drug to the market. It just costs a lot of money to, to do that. But nonetheless, I definitely think we've seen a trend over the past number of years in Ireland where there has been a significant shift from ICT as you know the the, the dominant uh, feature of, of our capital markets to, to a situation where frequently biotech and medical devices actually attract more capital than ICT. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I mean, I think it comes from a long history. And we talk about this actually, again, with our advisor, Dr. Helen McBreen, um, when we talk about uh, the health tech, the health tech chapter in Innovation Nation, that we know we, we do have a lot of street cred and, and decades under our belts of building uh, health tech and even biotech and certainly med tech companies starting with the strong cluster in Galway. Um, it's great to see these companies getting more and more funding and for it to be kind of outsized even relative to the industry. I mean, as you say, the industry gets a lot of this funding, needs a lot of funding at the early stages anyway. But in, but this is an Irish story is what I hear you're, you're saying here. Yeah, I think I, I think it is, and it's it's definitely it 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 shows and highlights how, if you like, our success as an FDI location has started to drive very very strongly uh, indigenous startups, you know, and 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 that's a a kind of a very positive thing about the the Irish economic model. 
you know, I think now what we need to do is start maybe giving a little bit more love to the uh, to the indigenous uh, startups and recognizing that that's where the, the future lies. Yeah, both of those are great points. We're tracking 930 million in funding in 2018, 224 companies. In 2017, we tracked 620, so almost 300 or 310 million less in funding but we tracked more companies, 242 companies that got funding in 2017. And I guess it's when we dive into the next slide around the funding breakdown where this really starts getting meaty. But Brian, do you have any thoughts on those high level figures? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, going back to where we started, you know, the the 930 million looks great on the the face of it. Um, But you have to look at the fact that, you know, three companies alone represented about 30% of that number and that eight companies were half of that number. So... You know, I I wouldn't get too excited about that that kind of nine hundred and thirty number. I'd probably actually place a little bit more focus on the reduction in the total number of companies that got funded. You know, last yep. year it was two hundred and forty two. This year is two hundred and twenty four. I think that's probably a little bit more significant than the kind of the headline number. And as you said, you know, really what matters is when you dive down into the detail a little bit. Um, and I think the, 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 the next slide kind of breaks this down uh, based on the size of the funding amount. And when you look at that, you, you, you start to see, uh, you know, qu- quite a different picture, actually. Um, if you look at companies raising kind of seed rounds of of less than a million, then the number of companies raising money has declined by about 10%. The size of the rounds has gone up fractionally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's probably to some extent, extent driven by the reduction in the number of CSF uh, uh, grants because the CF, CF, CSF fundings are at the lower end of the the kind of the size range but yeah uh, the 50k but, but but nonetheless you know it's it, it's a 10% reduction in the number of companies raising those rounds when you look at rounds of a million to 3 million and 3 million to 5 million you're not seeing a huge change right you know you're 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 talking about average amounts raised that are that are pretty similar to what they were in 2017 yeah and you know the number of companies funded is is slightly down but but not in a material way um however when you start to look at uh you know companies raising between 5 and 30 million uh, t- taking those together uh, there's a reasonably significant drop in the number of companies that uh, that, that that got funded actually at the 5 to 10 million level the average size of the rounds went up but in the 10 to 30 million uh, band the the average size of the rounds actually went down a little bit you know mm-hmm. yeah. and and then finally what this kind of really uh, highlights very very clearly 
is that uh, those kind of big 30 million plus rounds they did have a distorting impact in 2017 um, but there was only four of those rounds and between them they were less than 200 million this year there was nine of those rounds above 30 million and they represented almost 550 million out of that 930 million total so you know that's that's 60 percent of the total so that's that that that's huge and it just demonstrates you know why it makes sense to kind of if you like strip them out and 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 look in a little bit more detail at the at the, at the bands if you like yeah i mean it's it, it this whole narrative in ireland around seed funding and seed funding being a challenge and some of the seed funds not being active at the moment and also having a small pool of angel investment relative to other markets where angel investors like in the UK are much more active. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment, but it's, it's on the one hand, you're tempted to celebrate the large Irish companies who are able to get investment at significantly uh, larger levels than maybe a couple of years ago. And on the other hand, you know, there won't be a next generation unless we see a lot broader distribution of funding at the earlier stages. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think one of the things that people forget is, you know, I I, I recently saw uh, figures from the US for the number of startups that that successfully achieve 2 million of revenue and 20% growth rate and um, it's less than one in a thousand Hmm. you know so in order to produce you know the AMCS's and the intercoms and the the, the kind of the huge successes like that uh, in effect we we need to fund at a very early stage a couple of thousand companies you know now many of those companies will be funded initially with very small amounts of money you know um but but you know you you need a steady uh, a steady stream of if you like new entrants to the market you know yeah no absolutely absolutely one of the things that we need to be conscious of generally is that you know the data is never going to be perfect yes. you know if you compare the numbers that uh, the tech ireland is producing with for example the ibca's numbers you know what you'll see is that the the tech ireland number is significantly larger than the uh, the ibca number which i think for this year for, sorry for 2018 was something like 740 million yes for the ibca um, the irish venture capital association number yeah yeah and and when you start to dive into that and and look at you know where where the differences arise there are a number of things that are actually very very clear i mean firstly tech ireland is tracking at least 100 companies that uh, the Irish Venture Capital Association isn't. So, you know, just for example, the CSF uh, fundings, which are on their own 50 50 companies, Tech Ireland is tracking those, the IVCA isn't tracking those. Right, so that's 50, 50 Ks from the Irish government into Irish companies. Into those companies. Um, Secondly, uh, if you look at what Tech Ireland is doing, you know, we're, 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 
we're tracking equity fundraisings, but we're also tracking uh, debt. Uh, we're also tracking grant uh, supports from Horizon 2020 and from the Disruptive Technologies Innovation Fund. Um, so, so those are not included in the IBCA figures. So there are a number of, of, of differences and, and we need to be careful, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good. What we need to be looking at here is the trends over a period of time and trying to draw conclusions, you know, not based on a single data point, which might be in dispute, but you know, looking at the 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 overall uh, picture. Absolutely, um, and I think you know we we work closely now with the IVCA and share our numbers with them before we publish. Um, so there is a lot of commonality there between the two of us. But obviously, our missions are different, right? Tech Ireland is showcasing uh, Irish innovation through the lens of indigenous companies. Uh, and, you know, if a company gets a 10K competition, you know, funding round, we'll be delighted to put that up on Tech Ireland and show it off and, and represent it as such. So anything that comes into Irish companies as recognition in terms of awards, in terms of news, in terms of expansions, in terms of funding, uh, we'll take it and we'll show it off and we'll track that company over time, which is obviously not what the IBCA are doing. In terms of uh, the source uh, of the capital, in terms of the split between domestic and international, I'm actually slightly surprised that international represents as much as 36% of the total uh, for companies raising less than a million, yep. you know, um, generally speaking, I would not advise companies looking to raise around a million to, 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 to look to go to the international market, because for a lot of the most credible investors, it just doesn't make sense for them, you know, to do an international deal, writing a check that small. So I'm I'm surprised at uh, at at how much of um the the capital in those small rounds is actually international, even though it's still only a third of the total. As Would you say that's indicative of the lack of seed funding here? That even you know I'm wondering would entrepreneurs be saying we had no choice because there literally isn't funding here are, 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 you know, in the small pool that is here, we couldn't find funding. So even though we would prefer to get seed, I mean, we're talking about under a million here and a lot of people would call that pre-seed. But, you know, I'm, I'm wondering whether that's indicative of the of the lack of, of funding at the earlier stages here for VC. Uh, yes, perhaps it is. Um, you know, it, I, I, I think if you saw uh, a similar chart for the UK, I don't think you would see anything close to such a large percentage of the funding coming from international sources yeah. at that stage. Absolutely not. And yeah, I mean, even proportionally. Proportionally, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, and and I I think that probably is primarily because um the the UK has much, much better incentives for angel investment 
and as a result has a much much more active angel capital market you know um i i think also we need to think about this in terms of the resilience of the funding market um i i think domestic sources will tend to be more resilient you know so i i would i would worry about um us us having to go to the international market for such a large percentage of our seed funding. Any final thoughts, Brian? I think we've 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 got through most of the uh, most of the, the the hot topics. You know, I mean, my overall summary would be that the uh, the the kind of high level number looks great on the face of it. But I would be concerned that we are seeing, you know, a reduction in seed funding. We've definitely seen a reduction in the number of companies that got funded. So I think we're 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 seeing those big mega rounds um, maybe mask some trends that you have to drill down to really see. Many thanks for listening to this discussion on funding in Ireland in 2018. For more behind-the-numbers insights or to purchase a spreadsheet of the funding data, just email us on techireland.org. Thanks again.